What up, ALTA family? Welcome to Passing Period and All the Above Podcast Extra. We like to drop these in between our full episodes. Y'all know that by now. Our full episodes, they feature super dope guests and video format takes a while to edit all that and arrange all of that. So in between those, we drop these passing periods where it's just Jeff and myself. My name is Manuel Russin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. And we very much, very much appreciate y'all being here with us here on All the Above. And Jeff, man, it's the first weekend of December. We are winding the calendar year down. We uh, had our Thanksgiving week last week, which is why y'all didn't get um, an episode from us. But we will be back next weekend with a full episode featuring a guest from our very own California Department of Education, who's going to talk a bit about school funding and its relationship to trying to rectify decades and decades and centuries, really, of um, racism and all kinds of just awfulness with regards to uh, servicing our most marginalized populations. So that full episode will come next weekend. This weekend, we got passing period. Jeff, how are you on this actually, actually sunny December weekend? I say actually, because it was it was raining yesterday, at least where I'm at. How are you doing today? Yeah, no, it was it was pretty cloudy uh, most of this week, I feel like, and definitely definitely some rain here yesterday, which is much needed in these uh, dry, barren Indeed. lands of, of California. But uh, yeah, it is uh, some blue skies, some sun peeking in the window here. Um, so I'm, I am appreciating that. And uh, today, the number, well, there's a couple things on my agenda today. I got to bring my, I got to bring my car in. To get serviced, Manuel, and it is—it's a—it's a sad moment because this is the final of the uh, of the scheduled the free scheduled maintenance appointments <laughs> that I get for my car in its first two years after purchasing it. This is this is the end. December 29th is when I purchased my car two years ago, and uh, man, now I gotta now I gotta start you know paying for oil changes and things of that nature. So. Um, you know, but it's a very, it's a very good car. So I'm not, uh, or, you know, reliable car. Right. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it, but I got to do that. I got to watch some college football because it's an amazing day of, of college football. Yep. And, uh, Manuel, I made the decision this year to order an artificial Christmas tree. Okay. Uh, I have only ever in my life had real Christmas trees, but, uh, but here in California, it's too warm, man. They don't they don't live, you know. They're just all dried out by the time you get them. And so, you know, you don't get the same in in uh, where I grew up, you know, in the colder parts of the country. You know, the trees are preserved, I think. This is my theory at least by the cold. And so you bring it home and it like thaws and it's, you know, the whole house smells like delicious pine, you know, right, scent. Right. And it lives for like a month. Here it's like a matchstick in three days, <laughs> you know? so I was like, you know what? I can't justify it out here anymore. So I'm, I got an artificial Christmas tree, and I'm putting up the Christmas tree, Manuel. So that's okay. that's the plan for today. Welcome to California. Yeah. All right. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. Um, yeah. Jeff, I got the sniffles. I don't know if it's coming out. You know, my voice might sound a little bit different, and I'll be very very careful. Not to sniffle on the mic, because that would drive that would drive me crazy if I were listening to a podcast and you know host was sniffling and all that stuff. But um, you know, not COVID. I feel like you gotta clarify that these days when you when you catch anything. You know, 
five days of testing in a row. I'm, I'm, I'm good in that regard, but I did go to the local Target for a, um, you know, get some Dayquil, Dayquil or Mucinex or something. And uh, yeah, that whole shelf was barren, like gone, everything gone. So folks, if you are in the Los Angeles area, and I don't think this is exclusive to LA, but be careful. It is that time of year, man. We go see some spikes in all kinds of stuff, not just COVID, but like common cold, flu, all that stuff, RSV, whatever they, whatever other contraptions are out there nowadays. So, you know, stay safe, take care of yourself and all that. So my plan for today, Jeff, is just to, um, you know, of course, once we're done here and edit this up and all that, just to um, lay around and watch some college football because, because yeah, I need some rest. Need some rest. Sounds like, sounds like an excellent plan. Excellent and well-deserved uh, period of rest. Indeed, indeed. And I got up extra early today to watch the U.S. men's national team. You know, I watch War World Cup as well, but those games will be done by the time we're finishing recording this here today. Argentina's playing right now. And um, yeah, man, they let me down, man. I, actually, I let myself down, believing. I, every every, <laughs> yeah, every time, did. man, I'm always like, this. they get upset, things happen, wild things happen. And every time, man, could have got some extra sleep, shoot. <laughs> you absolutely could have, like I did. Uh, yeah, no, you can't. I mean, come on. U.S. men's team? Nah. nah I know. Nah. I, I will say, though, the demographic shift on the U.S. men's team does perhaps provide a glimmer of optimism uh, not to buy into potentially harmful racial stereotypes regarding athletic abilities. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. The whole bunch of the whole bunch of white dudes with like one person of color type of vibe that that team had for most of our childhood. Uh, I feel like, you know, it's long overdue. And maybe maybe now that they have an expanded talent pool, they might do better. See, this is the trap, though. Every time it's like, oh, but now with this and that and, you know, young team potential and it's always potential. We never get past this, the stage of like potential so i feel like every time it's been like okay you know it's disappointing this time around but next time with this and that down the pipe no 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 it's well hard. i tell yeah. you what man well my my rule as a very casual soccer fan is it, when it comes to international play is always to root against the colonizer True. And it just so happens that America is perhaps the great colonizer in the world right now so i'm a, i'm gonna keep it a buck and say I don't root for America in the international competitions. Uh, you know, I suppose the men's soccer team is kind of an underdog. So that that if they actually like were good and made a run or whatever, I might actually root for them. You know, um, but uh, you bandwagon like American. Yeah, you got to root against the colonizer. Now you know when. But the, so many when, of the teams I mean, out there are colonizers. That's, that's what makes yeah. it difficult. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. When, when we're talking about America versus the Dutch, yes. <laughs> it's like it's you know six and one, half dozen, half dozen the other. It's uh, 15th, uh, 16th, and 17th uh, century travesty, or you know, 20th and 19th, 20th, and 21st century travesty. Yeah. So, anyways, folks. Yeah. So that's our weekend. We hope all of y'all are doing great out there. We hope folks were able to have some kind of break um, for Thanksgiving, whether you you know do Thanksgiving or not. We hope you had uh, some kind of chance to uh, get some rest or catch up and just whatever. And we also hope that these next several weeks, especially those of you who work in and around schools, um, we hope this this 
crunch, this end of semester crunch, um, isn't too too taxing on you. We know it's very difficult out there. We know it's uh, very tough, and we could all use a extended extended break and rest. So you know, just keep hanging in there. We very much appreciate you being here with us here on all of the above. And um, yeah, with with all that being said, Jeff, um, always a lot going on in the world of education. Always a lot to talk about. And I think for today, the story that we are going to be talking about is um, a little different uh, than most of the stories that we've discussed. This is a, I'm not going to lie, when you sent me this this story, I was like, wait, what? Like, I had to just clarify that I even read it right because it, it didn't really add up to me, Jeff. It didn't really add up. So so why don't you go ahead and, and let us know, man, what are we talking about today? Yeah, well, uh, this story's wild, um, I will say. And I, it was like a chain reaction effect because I got texted this story from a couple of friends of mine who, uh, you know, who are, uh, who live in Minnesota, where this, which is the sort of epicenter uh, of this story. And I literally was like, WTF, dude, what is going on here? So uh, this story comes to us by some reporting uh, from Matt Sepic or Sepich. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this individual's name. Uh, in uh, NPR News, that's Minnesota Public Radio News. And uh, the headline of this piece, Manuel, is Court Orders State to Reconsider Teaching License for Ex-Cop Who Killed Castile. Yes, you just heard that correctly, <laughs> that the ex-cop, uh, Geronimo Yanez, who so notoriously, so unnecessarily, so violently, so brutally, so wrongfully murdered Philando Castile, uh, you know, launching or helping to launch uh, a nationwide movement, the creation of a campaign and a hashtag known as Black Lives Matter, the, uh, you know, one of the its seminal pieces of uh, kind of precedent that led up to the uprisings following the murder of, you know, George Floyd uh, in 2020. I mean, this this was international news, right? So that guy, the dude who shot Philando for no reason with his partner and his small child in the backseat of the car, Philando Castile, who was a licensed concealed carry firearm owner who said... I have a firearm to the officer who wasn't doing anything when he was pulled over for no reason by this racist, violent, murdering cop. That dude has been serving as a substitute teacher at a parochial school after he resigned from the police department to avoid, you know, further HR complications. Um, of course, he was acquitted because the prosecutors didn't even try to convict him. They used the grand jury process to, you know, to, to get him off, essentially. Um, but he was acquitted of manslaughter charges. Uh, he resigned from the department. Uh, he kind of disappeared uh, from the public eye for a bit and popped up as a substitute teacher at a parochial school and has been seeking to get a substitute teaching license from the state of Minnesota. Okay, so murdering cop dude, <laughs> racist murdering cop dude who killed Philando in front of his child for no reason 
wants to be your child's substitute teacher. Okay? Uh, so, and we know, let's be real, in schools all across the country, when there's a sub, kids, they kind of wild out and act out, right? Uh, you know, best case scenario, they might just like put their head down and take a nap and, and keep it quiet or something, right? But like, there's some behavior in substitutes uh, classrooms, uh, particularly when you're a new sub and the kids don't know you yet, that, you know, might provoke some type of frustration from the educator. And here we got murdering cop guy, killer of Philando, Philando Castile, who wants to be a substitute. Now, uh, the good news, or at least from my perspective, the good news was that um, the Minnesota Professional Educator Licensing and Standards Board, which is the board that uh, approves uh, credentials for the state, denied his applications on the ground that the shooting and the traffic stop that preceded it evidenced, quote, immoral character and conduct under the state law that governs teacher licensure. Now, a administrative law judge agreed, but in an appellate opinion, Judge Susan Siegel, who's whack, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it, <laughs> Susan Siegel, you're trash, I like no love for you whatsoever, she wrote in her appellate opinion that the state's language is, quote, impermissibly vague and vulnerable to the caprice of ever-changing public opinion, all right? So that means that now... The state licensing board has to reconsider his application and uh, they are being essentially charged with using a narrower reading of the statute in order to evaluate. So it doesn't mean that he has definitely been given the license. It means they've been told they can't deny it on the grounds that they currently denied it. They have to use a narrower reading of the law. So... As of today, no new news on this front, but you know, in, in the very near future, we could have some news out here about this murderous, racist cop being your kid's substitute teacher. So, Manuel, we talk about outrageous things on this show all the time. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the most outrageous things we've ever talked about. This is one of them this ones. Is, yeah, this is right up there with the Idaho teachers dressing as the border wall for Halloween. This is uh, like... Throwback. <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, this is just like... Come on. Do we actually have... Like, do, does anyone with half a brain have to talk about like why this is horrible on every level? Uh, I just... Come on, man. Come on, man. Well, help, help me out here, man. I mean, damn. You know, I, I, I must say, I am somebody who does believe in redemption and does enjoy a good redemption arc, but um, this ain't that. And this officer does not appear still to have acknowledged that he did anything wrong. This is not like a redemption story here. This is not uh, Mr. Presbo uh, from The Wire who did terrible things as a police officer, um, mostly through gross incompetence and then you know, found his calling in education and uh, found a way to to serve students as, as a teacher. This is this is not Mr. Presbo. This is a real life, real like out here in reality officer who murdered a man in one of the of of all the shocking videos that that we've seen and that have unfortunately just continued um, to happen. Um, this is one of the ones I was just 
just extra sad, you know, and hearing hearing the response of of um, the the woman in the car, and just and just knowing that he worked in schools, uh, Philando Castile, and just knowing that he was doing exactly exactly what we're told we're supposed to do. Always when you know a video comes out of a, a a person being murdered by police, there's always excuses that folks throw out there, like oh well this person was resisting, why didn't this person just follow uh, instructions? Why didn't this? Why didn't that? And it's like, okay, a permit for a firearm and let the officer know, did everything by the book and still got murdered. And to think that the cop that murdered him is out here still like claiming that he didn't do anything wrong. And then trying to work in schools with young people is just um, uh, atrocious. Like I just, uh, you know, you sent me the headline and I'm like, this has to be the onion. This has to be something. Cause you know, obviously, I don't know, part of me in just in my head, uh, you know, I shouldn't have been surprised, but like my first thought was like, wait, that dude's still just out here living like a free person? And it's like, yeah, they, all of them are, all of the officers um, who are subject to the videos that, that we've seen in the stories, you know, almost all of them, except for like two, the one um, officer, I think that was Minnesota, right? The Somali officer who, who killed the Australian tourist. Oh yeah, they put, they locked they put him, him in, yeah. real quick, dude, real, real quick. quick. <laughs> I um, mean, and let's be real, as they probably should have, right? Right. And yeah. yet we know like why he got the business and no protection from the union and this fool's walking around trying to be your kid's teacher. Right, exactly. So so it's just, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to picture like if I had a child and they came home from school one day and said that their sub was Mr. So-and-so and, you know, Mr. So-and-so was the one who, who killed Philando Castile. I would be enraged, enraged. So good on the superintendent to to clarify, good on the superintendent to testify against this license being issued and to say like, yo, we are hurting in our district. Like folks are are still reeling from this. Like this this dude has no place around around our young people. So that, and then, you know, it also reminded me of a more local story here in Los Angeles. You know, we're, we're approaching the one year anniversary of a um a young girl i think she was 14 a young teenager of uh, valentina oriana peralta being killed she was the the teenage girl who was christmas shopping at a burlington coat factory and was in the fitting room um just like getting ready for the holidays uh in burlington and uh, you know a, a bullet entered the fitting room and, and killed her and that bullet was fired by a lapd officer who who um went into Burlington, you know, there was an incident, there was a man in there with the bike lock who was attacking some other woman and, you know, police responded. And according to reports and video of the incident, like several police in there had non-lethal weapons and this and that, but then came this LAPD officer, William Jones, uh, William Jones Jr. in with his M16, marching on the scene, came, coming in after the other officers were already there and just, um, you know, unloading and killing the man and also firing a shot that went through a wall and killed this teenage girl. And turned out he was working as a football coach this season at Valencia High School. So, you know, this man who wow. who murdered this teenage girl, you know, I, a couple months ago, I think it was, I saw a video of, of protesters showing up to these high school football games, shouting him down, um, letting everyone know like, yo, this dude, this coach out here on the sidelines with these young men, like he he murdered this this teenage girl just recklessly in there with the freaking military grade white rifle in a Burlington Co factory for a dude that had a bike lock, and um, you know now here working with the young people. So you know I saw a video of, of protesters showing up and rightfully um, 
shutting him down and harassing him and 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 making sure that he couldn't just just be out there peacefully like nothing happened. So just to think that that officers, just the, the reminder that officers do these things and almost always get to just live free afterwards and just live a normal life afterwards. And in this, in these two cases, go on to like try to work with young people, work with youth in cases where they haven't shown any any remorse for what they did. The the LAPD officer that I'm talking about, um, you know, he's tweeted a lot and a lot of his tweets have been, um, I guess what you would expect from an officer who would do such a thing. You know, he was talking about the summer 2020 protests and how these weren't peaceful protests and, and thin blue line this, thin blue line that. And it's just like, man, they get to just go on and live their lives. And these young people, uh, these other people, you know, not these folks of all ages, um, gone forever, you know? So like, yeah, when I saw this story about this this dude trying to be a sub substitute teacher, man, it's like, man, I'm all for redemption, but there's gotta be a remorse. There's gotta be all kinds of steps followed, all kinds of steps followed, acknowledgement of the harm done, all kinds of things. You can't just hop up in a school system and be like, oh, I'm working with the young people. I'm helping, you know, build whatever. It's just, it's gross, man. It's, it's super gross. It's super gross. And I'm so glad you framed it that way, right? Because uh, there really is something to the idea that a person can do something horrible and still find at some point, at some after some period of time and certain steps and restitution has been made or whatever, could find some level of redemption, right? So honestly, man, let's say this dude had gone to prison. You know, he'd been convicted of manslaughter. And I don't, I don't know what the sentence is for that level of manslaughter that he was charged for. But let's say he was convicted and the, the sentence was like six, seven years or whatever, right? Right. He would be getting out of prison sometime around now, right, with good behavior, right? Because this was five, six years ago, right? So, like, in imagine if he had been shown remorse, admitted guilt, apologized, tried to make some restitution, maybe done some some work in, you know, in, in lockup to like speak to other officers who've done violent things in the community or whatever. Or, you know, like yeah. imagine if he had done that and then come out and was like, look, I'm trying to get my life together and I want to be a Spanish teacher, uh, which is, appears what he had been doing at the parochial school. So I want to be a substitute teacher. Like, honestly, Personally, I don't know that I would be comfortable with it, but like, imagine how different this conversation would be. If it, that it'd be worthy happened. of discussion at right? least. Yeah. Yeah. There'd yeah, be a, a valid be like, question there. Yeah. He paid a price. He, it probably wasn't enough of a price to, in my opinion, but like there, like this, this is a perfect encapsulation of like how the, you know, the process around, uh, making amends or having accountability for doing harm works, right? Because without any of that process, and as you said, there's been literally none from this dude, from the police union, from that department, from the Ramsey County prosecutors, from none of these people, has there been even the slightest bit of anything other than that they gave like $3 million to Philando's family, which is getting off light. And frankly, doesn't, like who's paying that $3 million? It's just the taxpayers, right? That didn't right. hurt the St. Anthony Police Department. It didn't hurt these prosecutors. None of these cops, you know, pensions are getting cut or whatever because right. of that, right? So, so there's no, that doesn't even count in this equation. They didn't sacrifice anything. 
um, as a result of this case. And they were bolstered and protected by the judge, the prosecutor, the media, the, the whole apparatus here, right? And so for all of that to have taken place and for him to show up trying to work in the public schools, the, in, the, the probably the most prominent government institutions that interacts with every family or the vast majority of families in our society, a public school system that serves majority students of color. And he murdered Philando Castile, who is a treasured employee, the uh, cafeteria yeah. manager at, at the elementary school that I went to. OK, <laughs> like this is this is a slap. This is just another uh, stretching open of the wound. OK. Um, and I have to give it to uh, the superintendent of the St. Paul Public Schools. He had a statement uh, that was captured, a statement he made before the administrative law judge. Uh, now, this is Superintendent Joe Gothard, um, who was called, I guess, to testify as an expert witness yeah. uh, in this hearing and said that the pain of Castile's death remains in the school community. Um, in a written report to the board, he said that, quote, no school age child should have a licensed educator who took the life of a black man in the way that Yanez did when he killed Mr. Castile, end quote. Now, that is both a like, I'm sure the attorney signed off on that language being like, OK, right? It's a very yeah. carefully worded. And also it has a certain elegant simplicity to it, like no child, especially a black child. Or any child of color, but especially a black child. Should, like I would, rem I, there's no way I would allow my child to be in this dude's class. Like this, this dude yeah, is a literal not. murderous oppressor, and I, I'll be damned. You come, come hunt me down for neglect or whatever. Like I will homeschool my child before I have this fool teaching my kid. Like it's that level of outrageous that that the state would be at risk of having you know being compelled to support this by some ridiculous judge. Uh, I mean, it, it is, it's wild, man. I, I can't, this, this is so outside the sort of ethical, moral compass uh, of what should be allowable in schools. I've, tr I've tried to hire folks before, Manuel, who we found out had like DUIs, right? Yeah, I was and gonna bring that up. Yeah, and therefore their hiring was uh, either delayed or we weren't able to hire them. You know, they did something. They like um, committed a robbery when they were 21 or whatever. And and the district has been like, hey, we can't hire this person. And like, say what you want. Maybe that shouldn't, you know, people, their record from when they were young. You know, this person was like 40 years old and, and couldn't get hired because of a crime they committed when they were in college. You know what right. I mean? And like... I don't know if that's how it should be or not, but like we're keeping those folks from the classroom, people who did stupid things when they were young, <laughs> but we're allowed this murderer, literal murderer, to yep. just come in freely. I mean, it. Oof, that, I tell you, man, this is like, this is the kind of stuff, this is why people of color's lives end earlier in this country because of racism, man. It's like this type of, type of stuff where like they just keep kicking us in the teeth with these sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said it, you said it, man. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm baffled. I hope this doesn't go anywhere. Um, it sounds like, you know, it's, it's not necessarily um, clear that he's going to be able to be in the in the classroom, and you know I hope 
maybe if anything, the school systems are going to have to review their licensing um, procedures and, and all that stuff just to make sure the language is clear that you can't murder somebody and then become a teacher because um, evidently it was too vague according to the one judge, which you pointed out was was trash. So yeah, man. Those of y'all who are listening, definitely let us know your thoughts on on this. Maybe, maybe we're missing something. But yeah, I don't think officers who have killed people should be in the classroom as teachers, um, specifically and expressly when they don't show any remorse for having killed innocent people, innocent unarmed people who did nothing wrong. Um, just seems like that should be um, pretty pretty clear, like red flag. Nope, sorry, you can't can't teach here. Sub shortage and all. Yes, we need substitute teachers. Yes, we need people to enter the classroom, but not murderers. That's for sure. Mm. So yeah, Jeff, I think that about does it on this story. I got nothing more to say, but definitely, uh, folks, if we, if you think we're missing something, definitely let us know. Chime in. Um, do you think there's a path or should be a path for uh, officer uh, such as uh, well, both of these really um, to be back at schools working with with young people? Um, let us know. Let us know. So yeah, Jeff, anything else before we head up out of here? No, nah, man, I think I think that's about it. I, I apologize if my uh, emotions ran a bit high in this story, man. Well, this one No hits, apology necessary. This, this one hits very close to home for me on many levels. Uh, Philando Castillo worked at the elementary school campus that I attended uh, as a child, and we were classmates in high school. I did not know him well. But uh, he was a freshman when I was a senior. Okay. Oh, wow. So, and he was murdered right down the street from where a good friend of mine lives, uh, like about a, a mile and a half from where my dad worked at the time uh, at an at a intersection that I drive down all the time when I am home. Um, okay, so th this one hit very close to home for me, and it is the, the ripping open of that wound I am also feeling personally. Uh, in this moment. This, this story incenses me, and that is all I have to say about that. Hey, that's all that needs to be said. All right, folks, next week we have a full episode featuring Dr. Malik Abdul Khalik of the California Department of Education, um, who works in, in compliance monitoring, making sure schools are spending their categorical funds according to law. And I know some of y'all are like, wait, what? Huh? You already lost. I get it. School funding can be complex, can be complicated. We're going to try. We're going to attempt to clarify some things around school funding and how it works. And uh, more importantly, how um, how it meshes with our ongoing quest for, for equity and justice in this nation. So next week, we'll dive deep into school funding and the intersections between how we fund our schools and our fight for justice overall. All right, so that'll be next week, full episode. If you missed last week's or two weeks ago, I guess, full episode featuring uh, Teo Enna of, um, well, kindergarten teacher extraordinaire, super dope in all kinds of ways. If you missed that, definitely go back to that. Um, AOTAshow.com has all of our recent episodes and all that good stuff, or just, you know, scroll through the feed. In fact, I think our website needs to be updated. I don't, I don't believe I've updated it in a while, but in any case, folks, um, we very much appreciate you being here with us and remember that we love y'all and now it's time for you to go ahead and get to class <laughs> <laughs>